Warning! Warning! The following program will offend, annoy, anger, and enrage extremists, hate mongers, conspiracy theorists, Putin lovers, racists, religious zealots, killjoys with no sense of humor, douchebags with no sense of decency, overly sensitive liberals, overly aggressive conservatives, PC watchdogs, alt-right fascists, Tea Party lunatics, and haters of free speech. So, if you fall into one of those categories, turn away, turn away now, phone lines will not be open. Alrighty, welcome moderate, rational thinkers and lovers of free speech and comedy to the funny thing about politics, the show where we try to find humor between the extremes. Now, if the first 30 seconds of this podcast has already pissed you off, then this is not going to be the show for you. So go back to screaming from my cold, dead hands, you Tide Pod-eating, lazy, millennial, crisis actors, at the surviving students of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High while stroking your loaded AR-15 and gazing angrily out the window waiting for one of your many imaginary enemies to appear. But for those of you diligent enough to stick around... I am your benevolent host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Saurus, humble servant of the people, broadcasting to you live, as always, from the top of Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my werewolf slaying, Pokemon playing, exfoliating producer, the Starsky to my hutch, the Turner to my hooch, the Tango to my cash, the producer. Nice. Yes. And before we get too deep down the rabbit hole, um, just to give you guys something to scribble on and find something to scribble with because I know you're going to need it. Um, You need to go online and you need to look for um, national school march out um, and or national school walkout. Sorry. And go look that up and go join in and find a school near you that's doing it and go support it. I'm actually personally helping to organize one at our local high school. It's terrifying to take such action, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah, especially when you're looking for a job in a very small Christian conservative county. Yes, but you know what? Everybody's got a hill to die on, and I have kids in high school, so this is mine. Um, Also, if you miss any little bit of this uh, tonight's episode, or you want to hear all of the 500 plus hours of lovely episodeness we have in many different forms, everything from self-love to drinking games and everything in between uh go to www.tincan.media that's it just type in tincan.media push enter poof you're there yeah 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 and and let me kind of backtrack here real quick to the stand you took because we both took stands this week and my stand i am going to reiterate on the air I can't imagine anybody who kind of is that far right listens to this program. But on the off chance you are, if you're one of these assholes who are screaming and attacking these kids who have obviously lived through something you've probably never come close to living through a tragedy like this, and you're like, shut the hell up, liberals. Shut up, kids. You're, you're all programmed. Or you're even saying they're crises actor. I don't fucking want you as a fan. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to follow anything I do. In fact, I would be fucking embarrassed if you were one of my fans. If you're if you went out there and you're like, yeah, this was all crisis actors and a liberal agenda, plus I'm a fan of Tin Can Media, I would hang my fucking head in shame. Yeah. Don't be a fan of mine. I don't care how many fans I lose, if it's those kind of fans, go away, man. Like Agreed. the intro said. 
go away. Mm -hmm. All righty. Let me get my co-host in here. A girl who has suffered a political blitzkrieg at the hands of an enraged, drunken gun fanatic just because she was trying to spread the happy last weekend. Fern, the moist voice heart. Fern, have you recovered from your PTSD of dealing with um, Charlie Douchebag at the bar last weekend? Oh, my God. You know what? Yeah, I've, I've gotten some days removed from it. And, um, I, you know, I don't know if you want me to go into what happened or not. First of all, I want to say yeah, that please do. Any, of, any of those fans out there, if there is one or two, I'm pretty sure we've driven them away before, long before now. So, well, <laughs> pretty you can sure. pretty much drive them and away by just being like, I like uh, Ministry, the band Ministry, and you don't. Oh, my God, there's snowflakes. Uh, today. You I'm can drive them away by saying Trump made one good decision, and they're like, oh, my God, no, if you don't agree with everything he's ever done or ever said, then you can go fuck yourself, essentially. I'm but a nice cup of coffee from my Keurig coffee maker. Oh, it's a Liptard coffee maker. <laughs> fuck, this. fuck this Liptard show. Yes. Oh, my God. But no, I, I walked into. By the way, are always so high pitched. Why is that my like lunatic hater voice? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's emotion. But you know, I walked in last Saturday night. I was like, you know, mommy's gonna get out for a little while. I'm gonna go throw in a nice dart tournament, hang around with some friends. I took an Uber up there. I gave everybody hugs. Gave two people a hug at the same time. I'm like, I just want to be happy. I just want to have a beer. I just want to throw some darts. I just want to have some fun. And this asshole sits down next to me, and I've known him for years, and I've known him to be, you know, a raging ass for years. And apparently last Saturday was my turn in the barrel because he sat down, started talking to me, complaining about how many people were there. I said, it's okay, man. I was like, I don't have anywhere to be till 3 o'clock the next day. Well, what do you have going on at 3? I said, well, I've got the podcast going on. He, first of all, had to ask what a podcast was, and second of all, asked what type we did. Right. And so when I said we do a political podcast, he immediately turned to me and said, you're okay with the government killing our children. You're okay with the government killing our children. I said, whoa, dude, you don't even know where my political, you know, platform is. Like all you I said was. You could be on a podcast <laughs> called I Bask in the Glory of Trump podcast for all he knows. Well, he was wearing a Second Amendment shirt and he asked me, he's like, how many AR-15s do you have? I said, I don't have any. He's like, well, why not? I said, because I don't feel like it's necessary for me to own an AR-15. You can see this shirt. You can take the, my gun out of my cold, dead hands. I was like, dude, I'm all for the Second Amendment. I just said I don't have a necessity for an AR-15. This snowballed. I tried to change the conversation to the weather. He started talking about chemtrails, and I was like, dude, we're not going on the heart machine bullshit. Like, how about gardening? Well, yeah, good luck growing your vegetables with those chemtrails. It got really bad. So I finally... Psycho when like he picks up a magazine like Better House and Gardens and that's sending him off into a fucking tizzy. Oh yeah. Martha Stewart. He's he's you know, he she's apparently got the sign of the devil on her or something. I don't even know. But minding my own business later, this dude just stumbles by across the table and looked at me and said, Do you have a political podcast? And I said, Yes. And he started screaming at me. You are responsible for people dying. You are killing people. People are dying because of you. And that's when I snapped. I'm a nice person. I help anybody anywhere. I will talk to anybody. I am very pleasant. I am always trying to put positive into the world. So for me to turn to him and say, it is time for you to shut your fucking mouth, 
is a huge deal. But you know what I always ask? Let me interject real quick. What I always ask when dealing with someone like is unreasonable, I always ask the opposite. Like what would happen? And I always think when I see these people flipping out on social media and people are actually trying to make them feel better. Like, dude, we're not coming for your gun. We just want to strengthen. What would happen if it was the opposite? It's like, we're absolutely coming for your gun. A year from now, you're going to be in a FEMA camp. The liberals are coming to get you, dude. It's going to be Sharia law and socialist orgies all over fucking America. You'll never escape. Like, what would they do if everywhere they went, people are like, dude, we're absolutely coming for your gun and planning socialism, Sharia law, whatever boogeyman you create. The deep state is just, we're all coming for you. Dude, I don't know, but this dude came over the table at me because I said I was on a political podcast. So if I were to say that, I can't imagine the amount of crazy that would have come out. I mean, there were two dudes holding him back while he was screaming at me that I'm responsible for killing people. I mean, this was the most insanity I have ever personally been involved with. The The famous Chris Burson flip out at your house? Dude, Chris Burson did flip out, but Chris Burson at least got himself in check. This dude was stumbling around looking for a fight. Now, I want to preface this by saying I had one mini pitcher over the course of two hours, which is like basically three, maybe four small beers. I mean, really tiny. And that's, that's like a Gatorade to you. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty much. That's like an appetizer. So I was in no way inebriated. This dude was stumbling around looking for a fight, and his, even his wife was like, yeah, this dude's looking for a fight. But then she tried to blame me. I'm like, honey, I tried to change the conversation. This dude was off the fucking but rails. I mean, I have never, anyways, never. Why not send his blood, um, blood pressure soaring and just go, yes, we are coming for you, dude. Liberals will be soon taking you and your loved ones to a, a, the nearest FEMA camp. So prepare yourself. I can send you some literature. I can send you a brochure. FEMA camps are coming, pal. Like, no matter what you do, he's going to flip out. So why not just press his fucking button since he's such an asshole? Because I am not going to speak a truth that I don't believe in. I am not going to placate anyone. I am not going to agree with anyone. And I'm not going to also go to the opposite direction and try to force negativity because that's not going to yield a positive result either. I will try to diffuse the situation. I will try to change the subject or I will remove myself from the situation. Besides telling him, you you are my God, I am a stupid libtard, you've totally changed everything, I'm going to go buy 20 AR-15s tomorrow. Besides doing that, what could have you done to make it not a negative situation. Yeah, and and like we have talked about before, Nick, you know, where you say you actually have to believe it too, that's the truth. You can't it's not enough to agree with them. You have to actually believe it. But mm-hmm. you know, I think we've given this asshole enough attention. I just never in my life have I ever, ever been put in a situation like that with somebody in public who has just been so blatantly just insane. I mean he was talking about this kid in Florida and he was saying that the government did this that th- this kid now this kid has confessed and all this stuff and i know we're going to get into this but he's confessed and he still thinks that this is some sort of government cover-up and this kid didn't actually do it i'm like well my okay. question is why did trump meet with pricey actors today we could talk about this in a little while but like i guess yeah. trump's in on it too then all right Dean, yeah. what do we have coming up because we've got to get james in here yes uh our next shows it's going to be a twofer going to be super fun uh this Sunday, right? Right? This Sunday, um, yep. We are going to have artist and filmmaker Leah Shore. And then after, we're, we're having another episode. Two kettle of fishes. I know. I know. It's unusual. Y'all don't know what to do. It's okay. 
Uh, we're also going to have actor David Lander, who you may better know as Squiggy himself from Laverne and Shirley. And you just yes, can't wait to cut that um, intro for Shamil Shamazo. I can't yeah. wait. Shamil Shamazo, no, Shamil Shamazo, Hassan Pfeffer Incorporated. That's it. Um, no, I can't wait to cut that intro. And yes, yes, he does sound like that all the time. So. Yeah, I'm super excited. It's going to be great. we got a bunch of other shows coming up. Just keep an eye on either our Facebook page, look for Tin Can Media, or, of course, the site itself, tincan.media. Push enter. Poof. You're there. Yeah. All righty. Fair enough. All right. Coming up tonight, we have actor and who I consider to be a truth crusader, and that's kind of how he became on my radar, was from reading his Facebook post, Mr. James Morrison. James, what's up? Hey, you guys. Hey! Nice to see. You. Nice to almost see you. Yes, virtually <laughs> see us. Isn't it, like we're in the alt scene reality right now. Everything's alt. You so painted, just say you're alt scene. You painted, you painted a beautiful picture of that encounter in the bar. I thank you for that. Uh, yeah, yeah I don't know how beautiful that was. That was uh, that was that. Yeah, that's more insanity than I have really encountered. Um, like that was the abridged version. Fern called me the next morning and gave me the hour long version with every like what shirt he was wearing and like how many beer rings were on the table. Fern was really upset the night after that happened. Wow, she was traumatized. That's horrible. Nobody should have to. Uh, nobody should have to go through that. Yeah, and the bar was kind of placating this dude because they didn't want him to go completely off the fucking rails. So they were telling Fern, the bartender was chiding her and saying, hey, just be the bigger person. This guy's drunk. This guy does this all the time. And if I was there, I'd be like, well, why the fuck is this guy in a bar making everyone's life miserable week after week if he does this all the time? Why are you talking yeah, to no, me? He, you should be talking to this dude. He needed to, he needed to be 86. Somebody didn't do their job. Right. Yeah, I and, agree. Yeah. But yep. friends, friends with the anyway, owners. Hi, you guys. Th thanks for having me on. Yes, yes. I'm glad we finally got you on air. Um, before we hop into this, how are you holding up after all the fires and everything? You went through like a really, um, I would say, harsh situation out there. Oh, you know, it was. It was. Uh, I was talking about that today uh, up here in Ojai. We did okay, uh, actually. We we weren't uh, immediately threatened, as it turned out, but we did have to evacuate. Uh, and some close friends lost their homes, which is tragic. Yes, it is. Uh, but you know, no deaths, and um, and you know, like any community that uh, you know uh, you care about, you 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 gather together to to bring it back. So we're all helping each other out. We're good. Good, man. I'm glad to hear that. All right. So yeah. before we get to know your politics, we always like to get to know the guests. Um, kind of full disclosure here. I haven't watched a whole lot of the projects you're involved in. You seem to be on shows that aren't shows that I particularly follow. I do absolutely love your political posts. And that's like I said in the intro, that's kind of how you got on my radar. And it's kind of the opposite of how I usually book these shows. So I'm glad I have you on. Fern, I want to kind of start with you, because me and you are both fans of the Orville, and that's one of the places that I do know James from, but you are somebody who actually d does watch a lot of his projects, including NCIS and Revenge, right? Oh, yeah. Actually, um, as soon as you sent me who we were having, I was just like, oh, my God, I recognize him from Revenge. I recognize him from Blue. And then I started looking it up, and I, of course, I'm a, an avid NCIS watcher, so... 
I was I did watch the last episode that you were on. I probably saw the other episode as well, but I just it's it's not clicking in my memory at the moment. But so much of what you've done, I've always been very impressed, especially the Orville too. Um, that was that was so crazy good when the, I think it's when the stars come out at night. And that was yes, that was a yeah. crazy mind-bending episode. But your work on Blue was really good. I know that's I don't know if that's more of a, a culty show or not. But I was really disappointed that they didn't pick anything else up with that. I really love the interaction between you, Julia Stiles. Um, the whole storyline was intriguing to me. Like, just I I am a big fan of your work. I'm I'm gushing, but I am a big fan. Oh, thanks. And thanks. Fern doesn't uh, you know gush often. I... She she really doesn't it's, gush yeah. often. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate that. Um, I enjoyed working with Seth and his crew. It's a great show, and I'm glad they got picked up. Well, so here's the deal. Oh, the, or- the Orville. Yeah, yes. the Orville. You yeah. came on my radar before I seen that Orville, Orville episode, and I had been following your post for a while, and I just love everything you're doing on your Facebook and Twitter. And I watched the episode, and it has a lot to do with like government and um, religious fundamentalism and extremism and where these lines are. And I kind of looked up your IMDb and saw the projects you're involved in. When you're making these creative choices, are you kind of making them based on the things that kind of fall into your pocket of how you view the world and your ideology? Or are you just kind of falling into these roles because they're just kind of so James Morrison? Well, you know, so part of it is, is uh, actually your question reminds me of a, one of my favorite Tom Petty quotes where he said, uh, you know, I'm not going to sell out unless the money's good. Right, right. Uh, so basically, you know, you'd like to think that you're making these choices based on, uh, on your, uh, you know, your worldview and, 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 uh, and what you want to support causes that you that you find important, but what it comes down to when you're a freelance artist is, is, uh, you know, you have to pay your bills and you have to keep your insurance. So I have been lucky in that, uh, you know, most of the stuff I've done, especially the stuff on 24, as it turns out, uh, uh turned out to be in line with my thinking, um, as a character and as, as things I like to pursue, but that's, you know, when, like I said, when you're just uh, a working stiff, you sort of have to take what you get for the most part. Would there be anything you feel so strongly about you would turn a role down if you thought it was kind of propagating or pushing forward an agenda that you felt was kind of antithetical to your belief system? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, when I was a younger actor, I would take roles that uh, challenged me uh, emotionally. It didn't matter if it was a serial killer, if it was a, if it was, I mean, just, you know, I wanted the challenge, the artistic challenge of having to, to, go places that that uh and, and 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 you know live in imaginary situations that it didn't matter what it was i just wanted to do everything i could but as you get older you know you just you know pretty soon you 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 start to go uh, you know i don't want to feel those things i don't want to i don't want to have to live in that in in those feelings in that world for as long as you have to and i don't want to have to explore that that darker side anymore and and that's mostly how i I make my decisions now. I, I was just offered another uh, role as a, a white supremacist on, on death row in, in prison. And, and uh, I just said, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I can't, I can't do it anymore, man. It hurts too much. It, it, it's too, you know, it's too, life's too short. You have to be happy. 
And I think that shows integrity. And I actually am glad to hear you say something like that. Not that if you took the role, it, like you would be somehow portraying your value system because it is acting and you are telling a story. But it is it would be hard. We just had um, Harmon Leon on the show, and he infiltrates different hate groups, and he'll pretend he's a racist and hang out with the Klan, mm-hmm. or he went canvassing door to door for Trump. And I was like, dude, I'm too honest of a person. I couldn't make those fucking words come out of my mouth. I couldn't walk to some up to somebody and be like, you have to vote for Trump. He's so awesome. I just couldn't do it. Well, you know, that's 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 living in the world. That's that's sort of. I just did a, a role as a, a white supremacist on, uh, on what was the major crimes, and and I the director asked me at one point uh, between uh, takes. How, how do you do this? How do you go there? And, you know, you, you have to, it's, it's, to me, it's like investigative journalism, like you're, you're, the fellow you're talking about, or like Hunter S. Thompson when he, you know, infiltrated uh, the Hells Angels when he wrote his famous book uh, about the Hells Angels. Um, you, you, you have to become what you're trying to reveal uh, in order to reveal it. And, and, in, in other words, you sort of have to take one for the team sometime and, and, and be an example of what you despise in order to reveal how despicable it truly is. I mean, that's a, maybe that's justifying, um, again, just taking the job, but I took it because I felt like, you know, s- s- these things need to be exposed for what they really are. Yeah. And, uh, and so you have to, and, and I want to be a part of that in some way. Uh, that doesn't threaten me or my family. It's just a uh, another way to sort of to, to be a part of the machine that reveals that. I think. Yeah, and that's that a great point. Sense? And like I said, I'm not knocking anybody who does it. I'm just saying, and Fern knows this, right? I am such an honest person, and Dee especially knows this because we've been together eight years. Like it would be very hard. Now, acting's kind of a different thing than what Harmon does because Harmon is actually not playing a role but infiltrating different hate groups but it's not something that i'm hardwired to do right fern yeah and but i mean he kind of is and kind of isn't you know what i'm saying but you know i agree with you james like it's definitely something that needs to be exposed and whether you believe in it or not i mean you have to kind of put yourself there and be like this is the mindset and let's just show people exactly what this is and you know, for what it is. And, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I have a hard time treating people the way that they treat me in a negative fashion. Like I always try to say, okay, well, there's got to be something else going on. There's, let me understand the full picture versus just what's being aimed at me because most times people are hitting a target but they're hitting a target with ammunition they've drawn from other arenas of their life. And if you happen to be the target, you're not only getting the ammunition that they have and the feelings that they have about you, but the feelings they have about everything else that's going on in their life, and then they tend to drop an atom bomb on you. So I try to give these people the benefit of the doubt, but there have been times where I've had enough, and I've had to say, I'm going to start treating you exactly how you treat me because you have to understand how it feels. You obviously lack empathy. Yeah, you I don't obviously think those lack sympathy. Cats can be taught a lesson, though. I honestly. Um, yeah, sometimes know, yes, sometimes tell, no. You can tell in 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 two three minutes whether somebody can you know listen to reason or whether they're even within reach of uh, of a logical uh, argument or or even care really to exchange 
ideas. Uh, the guy that you were, you know, referencing in the bar, those, those people are un, unreachable, unteachable. And, and, uh, you know, they can't, uh, they can't be reasoned with. So, um, are those actually who, who, who uh, with whom you can have a, a reasonable, uh, and, and, um, you know, uh, what L logical discussion about, uh, about issues. Um, but, but again, why to me, it's just a waste of, uh, you know, I mean, that's just time that we're never going to get back dealing with those people. What, so why do it? Yeah, that's a harsh lesson I've been learning, James. And one of the things I like by following your post is I get this really cool vibe off you. And I actually had you in mind when I started meditating because I was like, man, I have to find a way to diffuse this stuff. And I've been listening to your music and I was like, wow, like this is kind of counter to the James I know online because he's such a fucking political firebrand talking about these issues. And this music has a lot softer tone. But then when I dug in and found out that you're from Utah, you grew up in Alaska, it kind of all fell in place and made sense to me. Is your music kind of an escape for you from all that toxicity? Is that how you're kind of going over and go, okay, I'm going to get centered over here with this music before I get back in the fray and do this over here on social media? Oh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was, you know, I came of age music. We just started listening to music when I was, you know, like most people, 12, 13, 14. And when I, when I was first listening to people that really moved me, of course, it was, you know, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and uh, which made everybody go buy a guitar and go to the garage. But then I was also listening to Bob Dylan sing about, uh, you know, things that meant a lot to him. Claiming not to be political, but everybody knows, you know, that he was. He just didn't want to put a label on himself. Um, and that's the kind of thing that woke me up. And, and people were writing lyrics about stuff that meant something. So, um, I mean, I appreciate a good love song as much as the next guy. But if, 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 if the reason I, be, I became an actor is because I saw people doing things that, made, that moved me and made me think about things that I hadn't thought about before I saw it. And that's just not, you know, the frothy entertainment piece is great and everybody loves to laugh and, and feel good. But um, so it really doesn't know. And the answer to your question, no, uh, the stuff that I like to work on doesn't help me escape uh, as much as it makes me think more deeply and feel more, uh, uh, more deeply. Right on. Wow. Okay, cool. Very cool, actually. Um, all right. Yeah. I want to touch on this last thing before we hit politics, because I watched Showing Up. And I thought it was a great film. And it's funny because like maybe two days before I even watched that movie, I told Fern, because I'm getting ready to just make a bit appearance in this film, um, hopefully this mm -hmm. summer it'll get off the ground. And I was like, man, dude, I just I don't think I would ever want to actually be an actor because it's so much work. And I don't think, you know, it's easy for people online to be like, oh, Hollywood liberals, they don't like they're just at cocktail parties having fun all day. But the fact is, you guys work your fucking asses off. And I have I've know enough people in the industry now to know just how hard you work. And then I watched this film a couple days later, and it really showcases it. And I just kind of wanted to give you props about that film and ask you, one, why were you yourself not in that film? Because I bet you had some great audition stories. And two, like, why was this so passionate that this is the project that you chose to kind of produce and put out there into the world? Well, thanks, man. First of all, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. it uh, oh, you know, yeah. I, I started out. Uh, I started out 
wanting to make this film as a as a love letter to the working stiff actor and and not just the the actors but i mean as you can tell by having seen it, it, it you know everybody auditions no matter what you do for a living we all go through that audition process um so it, it, you know in, in it, it's all relative to what you do but you put it out there and then you know sometimes you're accepted sometimes you're rejected but there's something going on that makes you want to keep going back and doing it again. And, and, uh, it's all about loving what you do and and having fun doing what you do. So even when you're beat, you know, you take the beat down to the curb and, you know, you have to crawl out, you know, and muster the, the wherewithal to go after it again. Uh, you have to let all that go and just go, you know, the, 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 work is the most important thing and and if i can't have fun doing this man what can i have fun doing so that's what we we wanted to show is that everybody feels that way about about uh what they're passionate about when you put something out there that you're passionate about you want to share with the world um it has we all have that in common that that nothing is going to stop us yeah, and it really pisses me off, and I've said this a thousand times on air, when I see an actor or a comedian or even a musician, which has been happening a lot lately on my feed, kind of state their opinion. It's almost like, hey, just dance, monkey, dance. Just do your thing. I don't want to hear your political opinion. Well, one, okay. you're over here on my page, so like, why are you even a fan of me if you don't want to know? Like, I'm a person like anybody else. And two, what yeah. makes you think that you have any dominion over me to say, hey, because you're an actor, the only thing I want to know you for is acting. I don't want you to ruin the illusion and know you're on the other side of political fence as me. What what, what makes these guys well, think that that gives them the right to do that? What they're not, what they're, the, the, the way that they're most dishonest is that they, they won't admit that if they agree with the actor's uh, position, they're fine with them expressing it. Oh yeah. If they dis- you know, if they disagree with what I'm saying, then I'm an actor who should stay in my lane and 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 just memorize somebody else's lines and keep my opinion to myself. But if I'm, you know, if I'm John Boyd or James Woods or one of those guys, uh, I, I, sh- I, yeah. Ted Nugent, Tim I, Allen. Nobody's saying any, tell any them to shut I up. Mean, it, it's just all about agreement or disagreement. It has nothing to do with anything but that. That that's what you have to finally come to. Um. And plus, then they turn around and, you know, elect a uh, reality TV star celebrity as their president. So go figure. (laughs) You know, I think that if given enough introspection and deep thought, these same assholes who chastise anyone in the public eye, um, you know, certainly Hollywood gets their fair share. Football players have gotten their fair share. If anyone's really, truly introspective and honest about themselves, then they would understand that they do a fair amount of acting themselves. We are all, at a very young age, introduced to the concept of right versus wrong. We know it's not right to go up and just punch someone in the face because you're angry. Now, if you grew up with that and that's what you're shown, I understand that's normal for you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't understand that it's wrong because when you're getting beat, you understand it's wrong. So people understand the fundamental difference between right and wrong, yet they carry these preconceived notions with them throughout their entire lives, knowing deep down the difference between right and wrong, yet still project these falsehoods. So if they were to really take a step back, 
maybe they would understand that they themselves are living in a false world where they're not truly living what they actually know to be true. Fern, there's a line. I love the movie K-Pax with Kevin Spacey. And there's a line in there where he's talking to Jeff Jeff Bridges. Is it Jeff Bridges who's the psychologist in that movie? And K-Pax. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, he's talking to Jeff Bridges. And he's like, on K-Pax, we don't have laws. Like, we just all act accordingly. And he's like, well, how do you know the difference between right and wrong? And K-Pax looks at him, like, very stoically. Almost, like, very, like absolutely like how could you not know this like every being in the universe knows the difference between right and wrong it's just innate in us right james this isn't something you have to be taught well i yeah you know i don't know i mean i think if you if you uh you can say you know the difference between right and wrong but if you're always trying to game the system and find another way to be wrong because one one way of being wrong is not acceptable but you don't want to take responsibility for your actions or you want or you don't think the rules apply to you then how then how uh much really do you know the difference between right and wrong I think you know deep down. That's my personal opinion. I think unless you're a complete sociopath like Jeffrey Dahmer, guy who gets pleasure out of inflicting pain, I think the average human being, like the Dalai Lama says, everybody wants to maximize pleasure and minimize pain, excluding a complete sociopath. You okay, know. Let's, cut, let's just cut to the chase. Yes, do you, please. Do you honestly believe that this guy, and, I, and I, you know, I'm not even going to use his name anymore because I don't want to, you know, give him the power that 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 he that he has over the, uh, the 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 world's narrative right now but do you honestly believe the the guy that who occupies the white house right now knows the difference between right and wrong no he's a sociopath so he doesn't okay. he's a narcissist so that's totally different so, I'm so he's, he's fooled he's fooled a, a vast number of people into believing that he does so i mean what do they know the difference they do, but they're so desperate to reap this make-believe benefit that's never going to come to them, i.e. things being easier for them, them not having to kind of step up to the plate and achieve, and just kind of being like, hey, I'm entitled to have this because of my race or my economical circumstances or how I grew up or my religion even. I think that they are just kind of buying into it begrudgingly. But deep down, I would say, and I'm not talking the alt-right Nazi guys. I'm just saying average Joe on the street. I think deep down, they do know the difference between right and wrong. Fern, do you agree? Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I was going to say. I think when you're talking the difference between sociopaths and psychopaths, there is a difference. But, you know... Deep down, they know what's right versus what's wrong. The difference is is justification. These people, and I'm not saying they're all sociopaths. I certainly am not qualified to diagnose anybody. But these people are so worried about being right or maybe the fear of being wrong is what drives them so deeply that they will double, triple, quadruple down just to justify their position because it's how they feel. Facts be damned, information be damned. You know, it can be in black and white. You can see the words coming out of the mouth of this regime, and it still doesn't matter because they want to be right so badly, or 
in my belief, they are, have a fear of being wrong because we're taught that being wrong is a bad thing. You take a test as a kid. You get answers wrong. It's a bad thing. You get a bad grade because you're doing things wrong. It's a bad thing. You perform a task. It's wrong. It's a bad thing. And this is so deeply ingrained in us at such a young age. People don't understand there's a difference between being right and wrong and then there's evolution. I have changed my position on certain things, not because I was wrong before, but because I have become more informed and I have evolved as a person. So what I like to say is I would rather be informed than right. Yes. Plus, James, let me kind of um, dig deeper into your question. There's a component to this that I think gets overlooked. These guys are so fucking invested. They have given up so much during the election. There's people personally to me who has burned bridges with me just attacking, screw you, Liptard, screw your family, you should die, you're a traitor. Like now, they're so invested, how can they backtrack, like track? How can they go, hey, remember when I said your family should be killed because you're traitors to America? My bad, Trump really isn't that great. How do you do that, James? Well, you know, I heard a guy yesterday being interviewed on one of one of the news shows and, and uh they said to him it was a, just a, a voter and they and you know they were asked if he was he was a, a supporter of this president and uh and he said the, the guy said to him do you do you still support him after everything that's gone down and the and the uh, you know, since he's in, in the last year. And he said, well, you know, the tweets and all that stuff, I wish he would, you know, rein that in. But, you know, he he really speaks like the, the blue-collar worker, and I think that's why we support him. And, and to be that detached from, I mean, this guy, to, to, to compare this guy to the blue-collar worker, to, I mean, to me, knowing the difference between right and wrong is, is uh, seeing things as they are. And that's so far from um, seeing who this guy, uh, seeing this guy as who he is. It, 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 to me, it's just like, if you're driving the, the getaway car and you're sitting there having a crisis of conscience and you decide that what you're doing, actually waiting for these guys to come with the, the to rob the bank and get in so you can drive them away, and you go, you know, I know what, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to stick it out because it's really going to help my family. And the, the person who knows the difference between right and wrong decides, man, I can't do this. I got to go. I can't be, I can't be complicit in this crime. And they, and they split and leave the guys there. They don't hang and, and become, you know, the wanted, uh, wanted for bank robbery guy. That to me is a guy who knows the difference between right and wrong. Well, I mean, the problem is, is when this voter says he speaks to the blue collar worker, I think he speaks to the the worst. No, no, he, he didn't say he didn't say he speaks to them. He said he speaks like them. Maybe I misspoke. What he well, said I don't was, believe he that. Speaks, he speaks like we do, and this is the you know the the locker room talk, the, the pussy grabbing talk, the you know the the I'm going to beat you know beat him up. I mean, it's like the rally stuff. They, they, I mean, but that's a very cynical like view that most blue-collar workers, because I grew up in a blue-collar family, and although my dad was a little bit of an ass, I had plenty of friends from blue-collar families that did not talk like that at all. Me too, man. Me too. They're good people, good, decent people who would, who would not um, uh, forsake their, um, their moral uh, 
integrity for the sake of having their agenda advanced by a, a pathological uh, narcissist. Yeah, I could and not a liar. agree more. So, a liar, so, a pathological liar. Just say it because they've already proved that yeah, he lies yeah, four point three times oh, a yeah. day. <laughs> a day. He's a complete. He's an absolute uh, pathological liar. So to me, giving up your your your. Uh, I don't know what you the different what you know to be right and wrong to support because you want your agenda advanced the way these evangelicals have done. Yeah, but because I said you it the other your, day you know, on a post. I said, look, they sold out everything. They sold out their values. They sold out like they're praising our enemies and they're like shitting all over our Justice Department and FBI. And I said, look, when this is all over, when when America pivots back on its moral compass. You're going to wear this shame forever. They think that they're just going to go, oh, my bad. I said all this terrible stuff and horrible stuff and spouted all this racism and all these fascist bullshit. They think afterwards it's a big joke and it's going to go back to normal. And if it people happens are... once. Now, I'm sorry. Go ahead, James. Ger- you know, once every generation, you know, there's a there's a movement that has to live on the wrong side of history from the from the uh, decisions they made. And this is, a you know, this is one of them. Yeah, I could not agree more. All right, I got to move on. Let me ask you this last thing, and then we've got to talk about what's going on with the whole mass shooting and school shooting and all that. Um, We've had a lot of people come through here, and half the people that come through are like, hey, you know, I don't talk politics. I don't want anybody to know who my politics are. And then we've had people who are kind of real crusaders like yourself, James, like Jay Johnson, Margot Kidder, Jasper Cole, and they have been very passionate in their beliefs when you reach the level that you guys have reached and you have such a broad platform, do you think you have an obligation to kind of speak your truth and try to make some kind of cultural or political movement? Or is it okay for somebody to have this huge platform and never even reveal what their politics are? Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with... I mean, personally, I, I don't think I've achieved any kind of level of platform. I've just always been... Uh, I've always sort of worn my heart on my sleeve in terms of how I feel we ought to treat each other. You know, and, and speaking of that, to me, it just all boils down to the golden rule, man. And, and I've always felt that if you live by that uh, and you speak that truth, I mean, sometimes there's an overlap. Sometimes you, you can't help but uh, uh, speak about politics because you know, they make laws that affect us all, and and uh, and, and you know we have a right to to, to speak out. Uh, in terms of uh, a point where I decided to, I guess that's the question you're asking me: is did I ever decide to do that? No, you know, I, I came of age politically. Uh, my first election was uh, Nixon McGovern, so uh, wow, it was a very, uh, you know. As you know, it was a very uh, emotional, tumultuous uh, time in our history, and so I, you know, I, was, I turned eighteen for the 1972. So, um, you know, I made my decision right away that I wasn't going to stand for, you know, uh, fascism, and that that's sort of what that was uh, that boat was about. And for whatever reason, uh, fascism won that year, but it got it's. But again, it was it was corrected. Um, so I, I think, you know, like those of us who thought, man, the, the pendulum can't swing this far the other way from, from, uh, 
you know, from between 08 and, and 16, that we were wrong, man. But it's going to come back. I mean, you, you have to believe that. And I think it is now, speaking of the gun issue, uh, these kids out there now, I think, you know, they, this, that the far right wing is creating a generation that's going to, you know, work against them forever. Yeah, forever. they are. Yeah. And let me kind of give just um, listen, just me, like it did, happened in 1972 and during the Vietnam years. I mean, this is, it's, I think it's comparable. Well, let me give you guys some background. I'm sure everybody knows what's been happening the past week, but, um, just to kind of dig in here, because we had yet another mass shooting. This time it was in Parkland, Florida. Um, this left 17 students dead. Well, I think it was 16 students and a gym coach at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Uh, a guy who has a history of mental issues. The cops have been called, visited his house 37 times. He's a 19-year-old former student who was expelled um, Nicholas Cruz, he had violent tendencies. He had been reported to the FBI to no avail. I mean, his kids completely slipped through the cracks. He had several high-caliber weapons, including the AR-15 that he committed this mass shooting with. And now, at the aftermath, this these brave kids are coming out. They're speaking. They're telling their stories. It's different in Newtown in the way that these aren't 10-year-olds. These are 15, 16, 17-year-olds. And I guess I want to ask, kind of start off with this, James, the most obvious question. Is it different this time? Are we going to see movement this time because of the circumstances, or is this all just going to get brushed under the rug again in a couple of weeks? No, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't think anybody knows that. It seems to me like, uh, you know, yeah, people are just sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, and that, that change only happens when that, when that happens. Um, they, you know, it, it, there's no denying that it should have happened before this, and and uh, but you know, there's there's a, there's still a, a, a massive resistance to to change in this uh, in this regard. Uh, people don't want to, you know, they don't hear anything but you're going to take my guns, right? And so I think you 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 know you have to. Uh, there are things that you just can't you can't engage that because you're not going to change their mind well yeah you have to just in that you know you can't debate it no No, and there's you you can't there's a ton of kids saying and they're they're starting their speeches with we're not trying to take your gun we're not crisis actors and over the last like 10 years there's been a real it it is an uphill battle it really is from everything i've seen and you know like i said earlier i'm i jumped and said you know what this is important i need to help with this so i'm actually planning um a walkout on march 14th which is when the national school walkout is going to be um and Mm -hmm. i'm terrified because I've never taken a stand on anything, just said this is my line in the sand. Um, but yeah, you've got kids, to have an issue. You got to. Yeah. You do, and these kids. But but here's the mistake I think they're making. Excuse mm-hmm. me, I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 really. Well, I, 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 I want to I, know. I, I I don't think that I think the mistake is standing up and and and, and first of all, they want they want us to be on the defensive. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't bring about change if you're defending your position. Right. You can't you can't bring about change if you're standing up there and the first thing you say is, I'm not what you think I am. I'm not gonna do what you think I'm gonna do. You have to just do what you know has to be done. Right. 
I think, though, in this particular situation, and what's making me really hopeful is that kids like my daughter, who's 18, um, and she's a senior in high school, and she's like, I registered to vote already. You know, they, they're registering mm -hmm. and they're becoming involved. Mm -hmm. And for the research for tonight, you know, in the last presidential election, if all of the 18 to 24 year olds had been engaged like they seem to be now or like they're becoming, that would have been five million more votes that we had in this country. I mean, that's a lot of votes. So I think this time they're not only just standing up and saying, this is what we want. This is what we feel. This is the problem. They seem to actually be taking action. And I was telling Nick this morning, I was like, you know, I think they're going to be the generation to clean this up. I think every generation has tried to push a little bit and push a little bit and push a little bit. And I think these are the ones that are actually standing up and saying, I will. And how many times out. have I apologized to our children for us fucking all up? And, and like, they're like, sorry, you're going to have to clean this mess. And they keep saying, I will vote them out. I am going to vote every single time. And it it makes me hopeful. But I think you're right. I think when you're on defensive, it's hard to, I mean, it is an uphill battle, right? It, it just makes it so you have to push that much harder. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I, but it's only, but, but you can, you, you can, yeah, I mean, I just think that that's sort of playing into their hands because that's their, that's what they want. They want to, they want to distract from the real issue, which is, the, which is the fact that, that sensible gun laws have to be passed. And there are sensible gun laws to, to, to be passed. Uh, there, there, there are, uh, you know, gun violence restraining orders, red flag laws that can be passed. Mm -hmm. Um, there, the, the boyfriend loophole can be, can, can be passed. All these background check loopholes that, that they've, that they've, meticulously um created to to keep from from actually doing anything um these, these things are, you know but if you stand up to begin with and and uh, have to defend these you know genuinely grieving uh genuinely concerned and and, and you know eloquent uh kids from speaking their mind then, then that's just exactly what they wanted they want to distract from the issues uh, and let, you know, let me they, get Fern in here know. real quick on that, too, because one of the things that struck me from all the speeches today was I think I watched almost a dozen kids speak, and I would say, God, nine, ten of them preferenced their whole speech, Fern, with, I am not a crises actor. And I think we've reached a sick, and you always ask me, like, why do you pay attention to this 20% of, like, fascists or hate mongers or conspiracy theorists? It's because now... Nine out of 12 kids have to start these speeches off after this horrible situation and go, I'm not a crisis actor. That means that they're having, uh, they're hijacking the fucking narrative that the kids even have yeah, to say that. Right. They that's are. Right. They are. Exactly right. But the whole point is, is it's not why are you paying attention to them? I mean, you have to understand what they're saying. But what I want to focus on is instead of focusing on the 20% or so that are extremists, and how loud they are, I want to focus on mobilizing the 80% who is not extreme. And, you know, to bring it back to these kids, the one thing that they're doing, this, this whole your crises actors, this has been a thing before. It blew up today to epic proportions. And I was watching the student who was being accused of this. And he sat there and said, I love this. This is great. They are giving us national attention. They are doing nothing but furthering our cause. And here's what I love about these kids. 
not only are they taking action, but they're doing it in the right way. How can you be a conservative, far-right, constitutionalist who believes in your Second Amendment right and not admire the fact that these kids are going to their state legislature, to their state, to get it changed in that state, which, you know, states' rights right? There's nothing more constitutional than that except, you know, your first, your second, I mean, all the amendments, whatever. Well, you're but, assuming you're you know dealing with somebody who it. has integrity and strength of conviction, not somebody who's going to change their position every but time these kids, it suits them. These kids know more about how government works than adults do. I mean, I watched my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, dissolve a conflict within this house. She has three other siblings. I watched her and her conflict resolution skills and pulled her to the side afterwards and said, you know what, honey, what you just exhibited with these conflict resolution skills, I don't even see in adults. The future is now. These kids understand what's going on. If you think kids don't understand, yep. they certainly understand. And these ones have been through a more traumatic event than any other kid on the planet should ever have to go through. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't children who have experienced, you know, real suffering and real trauma, but this is, this is horrific. No child should ever have to go through this. And it's because the adult's lack of responsibility and looking forward. These people want to look at it and say, oh, we're worried about the snowball effect. Do you want to take our guns? Well, if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass when he jumps. How about we deal with the immediate problem and say, let's plug this hole. Let's fix this so nobody else has to die. Nobody's trying to take your guns. We're just trying to stop people from dying, not just kids. What did I tell you today Other on the people. phone? When you say, hey, I'd like to get background mm-hmm. checks so suspected terrorists can't get guns, and people with a history of domestic abuse and mental illness, dangerous mental illness, can't get guns, they hear, mm-hmm. I want to take all your fucking guns. I want to take them all and then plant some kind of like communist, socialist, Sharia law on you. That's what they're hearing, James. Well, listen, you know, the other th- I know, I know. Now, the other thing is, if you, if when somebody says, uh, "I want to, I want to prevent people who are on no-fly lists from being able to uh, purchase a gun legally," yes, and somebody objects to that, to me, it, it's it's like, geez, I think maybe they they're afraid that they could be on that list. I mean, I think it's guilt. I think what I, that's what I think. I mean, I think these guys are so, so f- lost in their own. It's they're so afraid of being found out that they don't want to. Um, they they don't want to. It, it, it's it's a selfishness. It's a selfish reaction. It has nothing to do with somebody oh, else's yeah, right. Oh yeah, it's definitely selfish. Them. Oh, absolutely. Like all of this fascism comes from <laughs> bend to my why, will. Why, why does this? Why does the president defend the? The, the you know the judge in Alabama who's a, who's a a, a child molester <laughs> Roy um, Moore he, yeah Roy Moore why does he do that because it's something in himself that he's trying to defend wow yeah see and this brings it back around to they inherently know the difference between right and wrong but they are fooling themselves by projecting what they have been projecting, even though they know deep going, down that they're you keep wrong. Going back to that, but but see this <laughs> that somebody does somebody who genuinely knows the difference between right and wrong act in a way that's wrong in spite of that. If they don't give a shit, or they only give a shit about themselves. Yeah, but if they don't give else. a shit, do they know the difference between right and wrong? If you can't control your actions, even though you know the difference between right and wrong, do you know the difference between right and wrong? 
because you're at, you know, you're, it's like I said, it's the golden rule. The golden rule doesn't say, uh, think about stuff and, uh, that, that you would like to have done to you and think the way, think you'll treat somebody the way you, you hope right. somebody treats you. It says, it says do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do is an action. So if your actions belie your, what, whatever you claim to have as, as, you know, an understanding of, you know, I mean, that's what, that's what it comes down to to me. Well, we're down yeah, the I mean, rabbit not, hole, I, yeah. right? Like, now you have to qualify, what do you mean by do they know the difference between right and wrong? Do they know the difference between if I go kill people, I understand society deems this as wrong, or do they know the difference between killing people is inherently wrong? Well, look at the, look at the stand your ground laws. I mean, oh, do the, yeah. does somebody who's, seriously, does somebody who says, it's okay for me to kill a robber that's robbing my neighbor's house because I disagree with their, I mean, they, they don't know what's going on there. It doesn't even they have just to take be them, that. It could they're be, taking I the law into their own hands. I could be threatened. They want to justify to taking the law into their own hands. Yeah, I mean, that's a dangerous so, law because you have to prove what's in someone else's head. So somebody goes, hey, this guy in a dark alley brushed up against me, and I felt like my life was in jeopardy. That's why you can't convict these cops because you're trying man, to George prove. Zimmerman. Yeah, George Zimmerman, exactly. Yeah, so you can look at a guy like that and say he doesn't know the difference between right and wrong, but that law gave him the freedom to not know the difference. Yep. So yep. do the people well, who enacted know, that law know the difference? By rule of law, uh-huh. if you're going to be deemed insane, it, the, the definition of an insanity plea, which in some states they do not even allow anymore, but the definition of an insanity plea is you have to actually be completely unaware and show action after the effect that you are completely unaware, that you have no understanding of right and wrong. That's why an insanity plea is so difficult to prove because of intent, first of all, which is, you know, most of our rule of law anyway. You, you know, proving intent is, is difficult. But by actions after the fact, you have to prove that you actually have zero understanding between the difference of right and wrong. And I do believe that those people exist. I'm not saying they don't exist. But I believe that most people have an understanding. They just don't care. They are unempathetic. They are unsympathetic. They have no value for human life because they have been either desensitized or, in, you know, by whatever situation it may be. It could be personal. It could be news. It could be video games. It could be whatever. I believe that a lot of people are desensitized to think that it's, it's wrong, but you know what? It's normal. Now, there's a difference between understanding that it's wrong or understanding that it's normal. And I think it's been normalized to a point to where they understand it's wrong, but there's no real-world consequence, especially for this kid. Like, he never had a real-world consequence for killing rats. He never had a real-world consequence for cutting himself. He was never committed. He was but never admitted. But we also live in a what-aboutism world where people justify the horrible shit they do by going, well, what about that dude over there? So it can't be that wrong because that dude did it. The other thing is, I mean, I think it's all going to be revealed if, when this president is indicted for whatever he's going to be indicted for. If, he, if they, if they uh, you know, enter an insanity plea... <laughs> We'll know. Uh-huh. We'll know. I mean, a lot will be revealed, you know, because that's... actually, that's the I mean, one thing that we would believe about him. 
Well, let's let's talk about that. We're going to run a few minutes over, but Fern, tell us what's going on with the thirteen national um, Russian national list that were indicted, because I think James makes a, makes an excellent point about that. Oh yeah, so we had thirteen Russian nationals that were indicted. Uh, three Russian entities, uh, basically entities meaning corporations, businesses within the United States. And a lawyer, um, too, right? And a lawyer yeah, yeah, that's the newest indictment. Yeah, that, that one I'm going to get to. Um, Prigozhin is the one who is pretty much in charge of two of these three businesses and has pretty much funded all of these other nationals that are under him for funding, um, for creating false personas in the United States. Now, I got this all from the Justice Department. This is not from CNN. This is not from Fox News. You mean the deep state that wants to enslave us all, right? This is the actual indictment from the Justice Department. So if anybody wants to fact check me, you just go right to the DOJ and you just, you just do it. Yeah, they have a great website. Um, I I can give you the URL if you want. It's a great. uh, Yeah, it's fantastic. I'd rather go to the horse's mouth. Um, and get my information from the actual indictment to see what the charges are. Now, these are just charges. These are indictments. These are, you know, nothing. It's pretty strong, though. Um, Basically, they posed as United States people in the United States on social media. The advertising was funded by these companies um, under Prigozhin, who, by the way, has ties to the Kremlin. He is called Putin's chef. He has got a lot of lucrative uh, catering. And not because he makes a hell of a knish. Yeah, apparently the people that work in the Kremlin make a hell of a knish. But, uh, you know, they use the computer infrastructure to hide the origin of their activities. They have, they have formed rallies. They have paid U.S. citizens to, form, to, to uh, put out disparaging information about candidates. Now, here's what I found super interesting. In 2016, they actually switched their, their MO to social discourse to supporting Trump and disparaging Hillary Clinton. So they actually did switch their M.O. during the election to go ahead and try to help Trump out. Now, these people are also indicted under falsifying information to gain their visas um, for not um, revealing, uh, basically promoting to campaigns. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. And then you have the new indictment, which is the Dutch lawyer, Alex van der Zwan. And this guy, this guy right here is going to be, I think, this is a linchpin key guy. Now, he has gotten charged with lying to the FBI. And basically what he said was that he had no communication with Rick Gates since 2016. I think it was September of 2016. And person A, quotations, which they believe to be Manafort since 2014. However, they have a recorded phone call of him talking to both Gates and person A. So when he came into the FBI, he totally lied to them. Now, they could have charged him with multiple counts. They could have charged him with each count per lie, but they charged him with one count, which he pled guilty to. Um, His career is done. The thing that people aren't understanding is, what is this connection to Russia? Now, this Dutch lawyer worked for a firm called Skadden Arps, and they put out a report that cleared a Ukrainian politician of any political ties to jailing another Ukrainian politician. I think that was back in 2014. And, or, no, I'm sorry, I think that was back in 2011. So this 
this firm was hired by Manafort and by um, Gates to basically say, this guy's cool, he jailed this opponent, but there's no political ties to this. So that's where the tie is with this lawyer coming in, and he lied to the FBI. Now, also, don't forget, and I don't know if this is out there or not, should be, this guy is also the son of a Russian oligarch, a very uh, son-in-law mm-hmm. of a Russian oligarch, a very prominent Russian oligarch. So he's trying to cover up, but basically what what's happening is this investigation is going up the rails just mm-hmm. like a a money laundering scheme or just like a racketeering yep. scheme. They're going, they're climbing that ladder and they are trying to ping Manafort because once they get him, if they get him to roll, Trump is in big trouble. I always thought he would be yep. nailed for obstruction, but I'm pretty sure they're going to nail him on this now. You know, it's important to note too that because that's, uh, we don't have an, uh, an extradition treaty with Russia as uh, so I mean it's not about these 13 na- Russian nationals they're not going to be what it, what I what I think it's about is 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 the meticulousness of his of, of Mueller's uh, investigation and how he's laying the the as you said the 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 groundwork for what's to come in terms of yes uh, yeah this is just a uh, and I think that's the most important thing to note that he's mm-hmm. He's he's building a watertight case that that uh, and and also uh, making a, 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 a creating a legal record of the, the layers of wrongdoing th- that leads to the top. But Trump's not going to go out easily. I mean, this guy is going to have to be dragged out in handcuffs. And if he has any kind of media attention during this process, he's going to be like, hey, look, the FBI overthrew me. The FBI is an evil communist or socialist entity, deep state entity that overthrew me. I mean, what's going to happen if they do drag this guy well, out you know, in he's handcuffs? Attacking, but he's attacking his DOJ uh, and, and, you know, they're his people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, put them, he put them there. So... The, you know, that's just the, these are just the, the the dying screams of a of a a man who knows he's going down. That's what it yeah. looks like to me. It is. A I mean, he called though. Sessions out today. Sessions, he he, yeah. he totally called to the carpet today, and that's that's but one master, of the few lapdogs that he has left. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 stunning, really. I'm I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs> and the thing I always ask over and over again is, why don't traditional conservative voters care? And D, you've got some numbers for us. And this is another thing. And we're just talking logistics about how many people that Trump has, in, has panpicked mm-hmm. for his staff that then he had to fire. And it's like, oh, so mm-hmm. everybody that he handpicks, 34% yeah. of the staff he handpicked has either been fired for scandals or ineptitude or have quit because they couldn't deal with this disaster. And we'll finish up with this, um, D. Right. Give us these numbers, and then, James, I'll let you hop right in here. Okay, so Mm -hmm. the thing that I want you guys to remember here and the listeners to remember is that 34% of his senior officials in the White House have quit. Okay, now, or or fired. Or or have been fired. Right. Or um, the the thing that you need to remember is that that's double the number for the next most volatile administration, which was Ronald Reagan. He only had 17%. Clinton only had 11 Obama only had 10 I mean, it, it's insane. And if you really want a list, you can look it up. It's really easy to find. But there are 636 key positions requiring Senate confirmation. Okay? <clears throat> 636. 
Of those, uh, 267 have been confirmed, so that's about a third, a little more than a third. Um, 142 have been nominated, but you know aren't going anywhere, and about a third of those have no nominee, which means one third have no nominee, one third are confirmed, the rest are somewhere in the middle, and here's the part that I want everybody to remember. His own daughter and son-in-law can't get security clearance. They don't have security clearance, and yet 47 people who report directly to the leader of the free world don't have the security clearance, the permanent security clearance, to know what the hell the leader of the free world actually does. How insane Yeah, and what is do that? I always fucking say? I say, if it was something, if it wasn't just his ineptitude, if it just wasn't his erratic behavior, if it wasn't just his fashion tendencies, but this guy is like the perfect storm of everything you don't want in a president, James. Mm -hmm. Why don't traditional Republicans care? The White House is a fucking mess. He can't staff anything. Scandals left and right. Plus, Trump is pandering to Russia. He won't even enforce the fucking sanctions that Congress has put on him. All of these inappropriate remarks that when I was growing up, if I had made these remarks, my dad would have slapped me in the mouth. Why don't the Republican voters care about this shit anymore? I'll, put a, I'll just try to put a positive spin on it to, to go out with and, 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 you know, what, what you're saying about the security clearances and, and you know, not, not being able to pass the, the security clearances, for one thing, is in Kushner's case. Um, and he's still, yet, he's still privy to that stuff. That's what's most alarming, especially after they ran on, you know, Hillary's emails and her private server and stuff. They were so concerned about that. But the, the positive spin I, I, I want to put on it is, is that all across the country now, you see these uh, red uh, districts that went for Trump by great margin, actually now flipping to uh, mm -hmm. blue. And that, that's the most encouraging thing that happened yesterday, just yesterday. So, I mean, there are uh, several of them since, the, since uh, in the last year. Have people, people are, you know, they're going, man, we've, we've, we have swung too far. Uh, we, and and our, our system of checks and balances is, is, as is is under assault and being threatened like i don't think it ever has before not in my not in my but memory. it is a lot stronger than at least i thought i thought like oh my god he's just going to be a wrecking ball but they these these institutions and these balance of powers are actually holding a lot more than at least i thought they would in the beginning i think where where he's going to be the wrecking ball is is in the and you don't hear about this much but in the judicial appointments that he's made which i you know hopefully that'll be uh curtailed but but uh, that's where they're really getting the, the power well fern's a lot less cynical than me fern i'll let you have the last word on this because you're always telling me hey look at what happened in alabama and i know there have been a lot of local elections that have happened um intermediately virginia yeah virginia between it like is is the blue wave coming or can democrats still fuck this up if they only go we're just running against trump anti-trump anti like if they have no platform except trump sucks will there be the blue wave that we're all expecting to happen dude i'm gonna tell you the same thing i said after the election that blue wave is coming and it was never more prevalent than right after the election when you started seeing people like susan collins come out it was never more prevalent than with the Women's March. It was never more prevalent with, than with him getting into Twitter wars with celebrities. And then we started getting the elections. And I remember having a conversation with you, and you're like, look, that's not a pattern.
in. All right, so you got one, maybe two Democrats, you know, getting elected. But, you know, I was like, how many people do you need? You have women getting elected. You have Democrats getting elected. You have transgender. No, what I had said, Dorian, let me clarify here because I don't want to be misrepresented. What I said during the Alabama election was it's not enough if he barely, if Doug Jones barely wins. He has to win by a large like a large margin for my faith to be re, re like reinstated, restored in the system, and he did win by a large margin, and I'm happy about that. Yes, but before that election, there had been other elections where that blue wave had come, and you're like, look, and you did say that. Indeed, you did say that, and I said, I don't care. I don't care if he ekes out a win. Now, you have to understand, this guy has been campaigning. He's been on the campaign trail. He had been doing his thing for a long time, and then all of this stuff came to national attention three, maybe four weeks before the election. So a lot of people had already decided at that point who they were going to vote for. The fact that he lost that election says, in a very, very red state, says a lot to me. The fact that Virginia elected a Democratic governor says a lot to me. Now, I I voted Libertarian. I don't mind who knows it. Um, Just because I scouted out the platforms, I didn't even know there was a Libertarian running until two weeks before the election. And that shows you how misinformed I was. And I'm kind of ashamed to admit that. But, you know, I did my legwork and I was like, my God, this guy is that, like, out of all of them, this is my guy. And I knew I was going to be in the minor 10%, just like I was in the minor 10% voting for John Kasich in the primary. But I don't care. That's my vote, and I can do what I want with it. But the fact that this country is standing up and speaking out and going, you know what, no, we're not, we're not putting these lapdogs back in there. There's over 400 seats available in the House this election. There's 36 governors up for election this cycle. And I women think you're going to see office? a huge, huge wave. Oh, yeah, it's coming. It it's coming, baby. the amount of women. All right, James, I'm going to let you have the last word on this. America, are we going to be okay? Uh, no doubt. No doubt about it. Well, you know, I'm uh, a huge believer in the inherent good in people. You know, we have spent a lot of time talking about knowing the difference between right and wrong. Um, but you know, people are good and they, when they see people hurting, um, you know, I think they uh, ultimately the, the, the good will prevail. I, I honestly believe that the, the, the good out, out number, the, the selfish and greedy, and I'll, I'll go to my grave screaming that. And see, that's something that mm-hmm. really inspires me, James, cause I have a lot of respect for you. So when somebody like you, you says that, that tells me, hey, maybe we are going to be okay because I am a bit of a cynical asshole when it comes to the inherent yeah. goodness of the human race. I have a cynical side too, but I, but I, you know, I just, uh, you know, if, if I, I, first of all, I have to believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 So um, yeah, but I, I believe it. I think I think the good outnumber the bad. Right on. All right, let's end on that positive note. James, tell everybody, please, where to find your music, where to find what you're working on, and how to find you on social media. Oh, thanks. I had, I had a great time talking to you guys. Thank you for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Um, my website is jpmorrison.com. P like page. So, um, and yeah, my music's there. Find out what I'm up to, what I'm not up to. Uh, sometimes I'll even do blog posts about what I think is important. Um, 
So, wow. But thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, what are you working on right now? Yeah, I enjoyed it too, thoroughly. Like I said, it gave me a, a, a renewed inspiration and hope. What are you working on uh, right you know, now that we should I'm, be aware I'm of? I'm writing some music, but mostly I'm, I'm working on adjusting to being a, 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 the father of a son who's, who started college this year. And uh, That's so he, right. We, uh, he left home and he's not that far away. He's just down the road uh, up at UCSB. But he's, uh, so, well, you know, I'm just sort of the empty nest, as it were. Gotcha. And, All right. Yeah, and, uh, that's going to be us yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's I, you know, good luck because it's an interesting transition. Um, it, it's great. I mean, you know, you're happy and proud and, and grateful and all that stuff, but you know, man, it's a big change. Yeah. And I know, um, D's having a lot harder time dealing with it than I am, but we do still have a 12 year old in the house. So maybe we can have that to look forward to. I know we've got an 18 year old. She's already ready for college. Like if she could leave tomorrow, she would do it. She's well, she's already taken college classes. I mean, we're so proud of her. She's an absolute brainiac. And then my son, I, he might be the one who stays home for a couple of years and works at McDonald's and plays video games. And then our youngest, she, I don't know what she'll do, but I'm, I'm like, you know, we're going to have one graduate next year and then the year after, and I'm just going to lose my mind. <laughs> so listen, this is a great, this is a great note to leave on actually, because this mm-hmm. is everything we do, everything that, that drives us is, is for them. And if we remember that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that we need to leave them a better planet than the one we were given and in, in every way possible. I mean, you cannot go wrong if that's your, if that's your, if that's what drives you. Right. Am it's I all right? About the kids. Yeah, I think we can all relate that's to right. that. I'm, oh, I've yeah. already lived my life. It's about the kids. Thank you so much, James. This was a great conversation and well Thank worth you all. the wait. I'm glad we finally had you on the program. Yes. Woo-hoo. Me too. Thank you. All righty, Dee. We are out of here. Um, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my Wednesday night. Yes, and everybody be sure to tune in Sunday or check out TinCan.media shortly thereafter because we've got a twofer going on. It's going to be awesome. Fern, how excited are you to talk to David Lander? We all grew up with Laverne and Shirley. I always love when we have like Jamie Farr or William Sanderson on and we get to talk to these cats. And, I, you know, I'm 46, so I grew up with these guys, and I'm always so grateful when I get to kind of pick their brain and travel down the road that they travel down and talk to them about what they've been through. Right, Fern? Yeah, you know, honestly, every single guest is surreal because everybody brings such different energy and such different things to the world, and I love diving into the art of what they're doing, whether it's, you know, actually art or music or acting or just life philosophy or science i mean there's so much i, I feel so blessed and oh yeah ronald mallet i feel that was great and i see yeah he was great and you know I, james you've been so awesome and i just love your work and i i love a big brain and a lot of talent so you kind of fit the bill all over the place there Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm very blessed, and I think that um, <laughs> Squiggy is going to be amazing. I can't wait to talk to David. Um, you know, I just, I'm really, I'm just so happy to just talk to everybody. I, I, I love being able to say, you know what, you people who are saying these people are like stuck up and totally off the rails and not connected with Earth, they are far more connected than you are, especially, and I'll wrap it right back around to that drunk asshole Saturday night, especially more than you. That guy can never be connected to the Earth 
the way that any of our guests have been. I would say I have only had an experience like maybe 5%. And I, like me personally, I've interviewed probably close to 300 people or had conversations with, as I like to think of it, with close to 300 people. And I would say five, maybe 5%, and this is counting trying to book people too, has been a negative experience. 95% of these people, and a lot of them I'm friends with now, as far as being able to just kind of text back and forth with them. I was just texting with Bonnie Morgan the other day, actually, and just kind of chat with them. They are the most giving and open people that I won't say I've ever met because I definitely know some awesome people in my life. But for the, for people to go, all oh, those stuck-up elitists in Hollywood, that's not the experience I've ever had. But you know what? That's because they're happy and they love what they do. And you could tell that James loves what he does. You love what you do, and that is so important. So I think any of our listeners, if you want to learn the secret of happy, the one thing that we've found across the board is that people love what they do. Find your passion. Go with it. Be happy. Put positive out into the world, and you can find it all on tincan.media with every single guest we've talked with. I'm, I can't remember a guest who didn't say that. Like, it's find your happy. And now let's end with some angry punk music. <laughs> 